Welcome to the Dating Update Podcast, where we explore how to improve your dating life. Because dating doesn't need to be so frustrating. Imagine enjoying the time while finding an awesome relationship so you don't settle. Hosted by your friends at datingupdate.net. Make dating suck a little less today. What's up, updaters? Jeff here, your dating optimization specialist from datingupdate.net. And good morning. If my voice sounds a little weird, it's because we went out, we danced, and one of my friends just got out of a 13-year relationship, so he just needed to get out. So we took him out. For those of you guys who are going through a breakup, please read or listen to how to get how to get over a breakup quickly through neuroscience and psychology. I think that's the title, I don't know, but it's it's one of the previous episodes. So if you if you're listening to my voice right now and it sounds a little overly nasally, that's <laughs> that's probably why. And I am super excited because I am finally putting, I've talked about this in the, the previous ones, but I'm finally putting together and creating a, a product, a product that combines everything that I've ever learned through that will improve your dating life, help you date the women that you want, and overall help you be happier and not do it in a toxic way, not improve your dating life through a toxic way where you actually don't end up fucked up at the end and I know because I ended up fucked up at the end I realized in the process of creating this this program that I've never told my full story my full dating journey from beginning to end you guys have heard pieces of it but you haven't heard the real story until now I'm gonna make a condensed version and then I'll probably pull out sections and details from each of my stories because they the stories I'll be telling over the next few weeks will be directly related to the product and then, and they're related to the different beliefs that help me become confident and not com- and it's not confident it's confident in myself long-term real confidence but in my opinion confidence is overrated because you need because there's oftentimes people feel like they need confidence to do something and they end up doing, never doing anything because they don't they never feel confident. So that's why I believe confidence is overrated and what you really need is courage. But that's going to be another talk for another day, another podcast. But I'm going to tease that out now because I am excited. So I'm going to be sharing my abridged version of my whole dating journey and then I'm gonna pull out <laughs> no pun intended in that that case I'm gonna take out all of them all of the different details and stories I didn't get expanded upon because they're gonna be they're gonna be very very important and so let's get started I'm gonna start from the end but do some Tarantino shit. It was it was after a night. 
it was a cold night. I was dressed up in a nice black collared shirt, jeans, accessories, and we were standing on the legendary Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. It was a night out of partying where you could still smell the hints of intoxication on me. I was a little bit drunk, but filled with anger and rage and bloody hate. And the person who was the source of my, <laughs> the source of my murderous intention was one of my best friends. It was actually Ray. And this was on his birthday. And he didn't deserve it. It was accumulation of all the stress that I was feeling and the, the internal conflict that's been happening for a long time. I started embodying this image and this identity of a guy who was good with women, a guy who coached who coached this, a dating, a dating coach. And I embodied that that I was because I was that person and it became my whole identity like how a basketball player's identity become like their whole identity is basketball my whole identity was going out and living this single life and this playboy like lifestyle and so now that I attached my like my personality and my, or my identity to this nights where things wouldn't go well and it wasn't bad by like any of my like worst nights going out but it was this crescendo of emotions that I've been ignoring and I've been in conflict with for a very very long time which I'll talk about soon and I'm, I was always a patient person I was patient I was I was always a down-to-earth, relaxed guy who never lost his temper, or rarely, rarely, rarely lost his temper. But in this moment, I've been losing my temper a lot more often, and I was cocked back, ready to take out my frustration and projected it onto Ray's face, and I was about to deck him straight clear his, his innocent cheek. He didn't deserve any of it. He was all my fault all my pressure and then I winded up about to deck him with everything that I had so how did we get here to say to paint that picture we have to start from the very beginning if you heard my story, you've heard the little bits and pieces of it, especially if you start if you started from the very beginning. And the very beginning was I never attracted any girls that I liked. That I thought that I thought was cute. I just I was wildly attracted to that I genuinely liked. All throughout middle school, all throughout high school, I was uncomfortable with my with sex, sexuality, because my parents just had this don't talk about it air to it and the only time that we ever talked about it was my mom was like you're too young 
to do to have sex and that was you don't do it that was like the extent of my like sexual sexual education with my in my household i grew up with conservative filipino parents who eventually eased up and through me rebelling of just wanting to you know go to the library i rebelled and lied and just we just did it anyways and so growing up with that uh was repressed was repressed emotionally and in, in, in that type of sense and wasn't comfortable wasn't comfortable at all with with that type of expression and i don't blame my parents at all it's it's my own perceptions that i had as well from you know from the media at the time and sex wasn't as prevalent and good old catholic guilt and shame grew up with that it's spades grew up in that a plethora and because of that when i was growing up every boy naturally comes to the conclusion that they can touch yourself and it feels good right it's healthy you expect it it's just a natural progression growing up i didn't know it was healthy uh, i i learned somewhere that it was a sin to masturbate even though i didn't know that i didn't even know that word i was just touching myself and it felt good and i prom- i kept promising god that i would stop i would stop because i was a bad person i was an evil person and that this is going to be the last time that i ever do it and growing up it just gets worse your urges just get overwhelming and i just set myself up for an impossible task to have a boy growing up into a teenager stop masturbating jacking off and so i had extreme sexual shame and anxiety that translated into my relationships later and my views with women and my views with women too are any guy pushing on his his desire onto a girl she doesn't want that she doesn't she she girls don't like sex i grew up with that that mindset girls don't like sex and it's the guys who enforce it on them that yeah guys are the ones who want sex girls don't want sex i just had that belief so you can obviously tell that with all of these different beliefs that i and being uncomfortable with like any expression of desire at all I I didn't even tell people who I really liked or thought was cute because on top of that I didn't want to be judged. I didn't understand that I grew up with social anxiety. I did I, I had no idea what social anxiety was. I didn't even pay attention to the word anxiety. I just knew I was nervous around girls. I thought I wasn't I wasn't good at talking in group situations. Um I didn't want to tell jokes to offend people or my own humor and so I kind of just kept my head down. played it safe around people and held back some of my, like my more controversial thoughts held back some of the jokes and until they were like my close 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 friends that they were that I knew so much about them they knew so much about me that they wouldn't leave me as a friend <laughs> they were invested we were invested in each other and now I can show my real personality but in group situations with new people with friends of friends with acquaintances i i held back a lot and i didn't realize that until until recently how much i held back 
and that it was actual social anxiety. Shyness is a form of social anxiety. And this desire to please everybody and control perceptions and not want to be judged, that's a form of social anxiety. I had that. I had a lot of that. And I had, I had, I had even massive amounts of social anxiety tied to the, the telephone when I had to make calls out or I had to answer calls when it's somebody I didn't want to say no to. Like, I didn't want to go, like, if I didn't want to go out and they were like, trying to get me to come out, I felt bad saying no. I didn't want to make people feel bad because I couldn't make it out. So I had, I had those forms. And I'd have like this overwhelming feeling of panic when I'd have to like look at my phone and have to like text or, or call out or answer a call. So I, most of the time I just ignored phone calls. And if it was going to be in like an uncomfortable conversation. And it was weird because like if friends called where it wasn't going to be an uncomfortable situation and like they called my house, that'd be different. But if I had to call them asking for things or asking, asking for in certain situations that, yeah, it was just weird. I just, or or answering random phone calls, it'd just be like this pit in my stomach would just drop. I feel this tension and I feel this uneasiness and I just, I wouldn't want to do it. And it felt like the world was closing in on me. I had no idea. I had no idea that was an anxiety. And that related to, I forget where that came from. And that related to me growing up being you know this you're like this kid and you're wide-eyed you're young you're exploring and then I remember there was a few times where I answered the phone randomly and you know I was like hello excited and then they asked for my mom I gave it to my mom and then she's like angry and she didn't want to talk to anybody and then so I remember my mom gave me a lecture and I think she might have she might have you know snapped at me because she's she might have been avoiding people at work and then now she has to deal with like a pressure a pressured situation and now she just you know quickly takes it out on me but then you know pulls back she's like oh okay that was wrong and then it wasn't that bad but in my mind because I was young and it happened a few times that my mom was like don't pick up the phone and you know it's like really quick and you're you're young and impressionable and then ever since then that's when I created this anxiety with the phone even later in like college texting responding to texts I would just ignore it because I didn't feel like responding to it at the time especially if it was like a text where I had to like say no or even like small confrontation even though I got better at it later it still affected me till I actively got over actively like worked on it and even then even like sometimes now I'm I just forget to respond to text because initially I I have this. Oh, I'll text them later when I'm when I'm just avoiding texting, even though I have the time in that moment. So, from all of this, never attracting girls that I liked. That yeah, that messed me up. <laughs> that that really messed me up, and I had this obsession and overly high standard of beauty as well and that's growing up in a a very Filipino was a very direct and to the point so if a girl's cute she's cute if she's not she's not and I'd always hear it from different aunts uncles my mom just judging how cute people were how beautiful they were and then and then 
if somebody was cute or not, and if their daughter was cute or not. And then I'd always hear it. I'd always hear this just the standard of beauty because that's something that they just value. They just valued beauty. And then growing up with it, I start I started to develop this strong high standard of beauty. Very, it's very high standard of beauty that even if a girl was cute in my opinion she wasn't cute enough grew up with that had that or there and then there'd be rare situations where a girl was really cute like I was like oh she's she's attractive and she fits like that mold of like a very very attractive girl so I'd always so I'd always ignore the fact that I thought a girl was cute I'd never admit it and then I'd also be too afraid to talk to girls because of this because <laughs> of social anxiety just nervousness at that point I didn't know what it was I just thought it was fear nervousness and um, I just couldn't do that outside of my reality I'm bad with girls and, and yeah that's that's what I grew up with then also tie into se- the, the sexual shame and then that the weird beliefs about sexuality all combined into my experiences with girls and obviously I didn't do well I never did well with girls that I liked I liked because they were because I placed I placed them the value that they brought was a lot higher than the value that I thought I brought and I thought I couldn't relate I can I, I couldn't give them anything of them wanting to just that we could we could actually get into a relationship together. So I just I didn't try. Oftentimes I didn't try. I just sat on the sidelines watching watching guys date the girls that I liked and always thinking to myself, it's like, oh she's dating him. That means I could have had a chance. Now in reality I never had a chance. I never had a chance. And before we move on to the story of how I settled in my first relationship and how I got into my first relationship, I want to teach through all the different stories that I'm going to be telling throughout this whole journey, throughout my whole origin um, and my whole experience and what and why I did what I did. In this case, you can see all the different beliefs that held me back. I had I had weird beliefs with with sex. I had limiting beliefs about myself and feeling attractive. I had beliefs with me being social and I also lacked the skill sets of and knowledge to be able to do that. So I had a lot of things that I needed to to fix. And the first step to fixing any of it is awareness. So in this case, when you when you hear all of the different beliefs that I talked about and all the things that that were that were holding me back, what you want to do is you want to identify all the different beliefs that you have about dating. And this is going to be good. This is these are going to be all the different positive, negative. You're just going to write down all the beliefs. And there's going to be there's going to be a few main beliefs that you're going to you're going to want to write about. You're going to have what are your beliefs about dating in general? 
what are the, your beliefs about yourself and then what are your beliefs about women because I can tell you I can teach you what to say I can help you with the dating skills portion I can help you with the mindset stuff but at that but at the very end of it and at the core of it dating improving your dating life comes to improving yourself the more that you improve yourself the more that you'll, you'll improve your dating life and at the core of everything is going to be your beliefs your beliefs are going to be are going to drive what you're thinking and what you're thinking is going to drive your actions so this is the start of building what i consider the main thing that you need to build to improve your dating life and that's what i call a courage chain a courage chain is a chain of all the beliefs that you have and this chain needs to be strong enough to hold up the weight of the goals that you have at the other end if your courage change is your courage chain is not strong enough to hold up those beliefs or those goals then you won't be able to reach those goals and your courage chain is comprised of the beliefs that you have and the skills that are needed to be able to reach your goals and then you reinforce those beliefs with action and evidence and the stronger that that chain becomes the easier it is to to get to your goals so you want to think about your goals as a heavy weight at the end of a chain and then you need to be able to pull up that chain and depending on how big your goals are is going to depend on how what beliefs that you're going to need to build, strengthen and what be beliefs you're going to need to re rebuild, break and redesign. Because if you have any beliefs that hold you back, those are going to be weak links. And your chain is only going to be as strong as your weakest link unless you put beliefs beside it, but it'll crumble in those areas. And if you have massive goals, you have big dreams, that weight at the end represents that. And if you cannot support that weight, which is your goals, with your with your beliefs, then you will not achieve your goals. It's very simple. That's what I call it a courage chain because confidence is overrated. You do not need confidence. You need courage. And it's through acts of courage and acts of taking action that you will start creating this courage chain. You'll start creating new beliefs, you'll start reinforcing new beliefs. You'll start breaking down old beliefs and you'll have 
you'll have the ability to reach your goal. You'll create a chain that is strong enough to hold up your goals and keep you going. And when you fall down, when you fail, when you hit obstacles, that chain of belief is strong enough to keep you going. And it won't break under the weight of the pressure of reaching your goals and all the other obstacles that are going to be coming that are going to add on to your chain that are going to come and want you to stop. Want to kick you in the rear and make you question if you want to achieve your goals. But the stronger that your belief is, and the more beliefs that you can chain that will support this goal, the easier it will become to reach your goals. I go into this in depth inside the whole entire program. The whole entire program is made to create the strongest courage chain and how to develop the courage to, to keep making your courage chain so that it becomes a lot easier to reach your goals. This is the first step. And this is the reason why I'm bringing it up right now. Because you can recognize in the very, very beginning of when I first started this whole journey, I had a lot of beliefs that were holding me back. Whether true or whether false, you want to write them down and identify them and start being aware of them so that you can eventually work on them. Awareness is the very first step. So after you've done the exercises, check for the next podcast tomorrow, which will show you how I settled in my first relationship. And then also, what was the first incident an embarrassment and failure that spurred and motivated me to transform my dating life the first time. It's one that I don't talk about on the podcast. It's one that isn't, that happened in 2003, 2004, but it served as a foundation for everything. And then you'll see how I improve and how we improve, me and Ray, our dating lives the first time and the success that we saw and one of the lessons that you can learn from that. So check that out on the next podcast. I appreciate you listening and yeah, please subscribe so you can get, so you can get the content that'll be coming up because there's going to be a lot of content coming up. And if you're, if you're a returning listener and you've been liking the podcast so far, please leave us a five-star rating. It'll help us uh, stand up from everybody else. And We just love seeing them. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. If you enjoyed the music, it was produced by Mayo. He's an upcoming artist in the Philippines. He's a friend of the company. The outro and the mid-ad is a song he produced called May 1st. Check out his SoundCloud. It's soundcloud.com slash M-A-Y-O dash H-I-P-O-N-I-A. Check him out. He's amazing. Thank you, Mayo, for all the music you provided us. Hey, what's up, guys? Jeff again. And one last thing before you go. If you enjoyed today's podcast and you got value, please leave us a great rating and comment. 
It helps us not only rank in the search rankings, get the word out. It also makes us feel good, to be honest, when we can see that, that you're enjoying our content. And I love seeing the results that the content is getting people. When people email me that they're getting phone numbers, they're going on dates, they're getting into relationships. I love hearing all of that. So if you could leave that in a comment as well, if if our if our advice is helping with that, please leave that in the in the comments. If not, and you're just enjoying it, please leave that as well. Just would love to read all of that. Also, one last thing. See, there's another last thing. Our greatest regrets are the chances we don't take. Don't live with that regret. Start taking action now and keep taking action because your life will change and not just in dating. I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you again. Cheers to your new dating life. Talk to you soon. Bye.